Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. How is beer made? What differentiates one type of beer from the next? And how has it evolved over time? We'll answer all of these questions and more on this edition of Getting Schooled. I'm Abby Hornacek. So as Oktoberfest festivals began, one of the best times of the year, by the way, beer drinkers around the world are gathering to try the latest hoppy libations of the season, myself included. Beer making continues to evolve, but evidence of the first ever beer production dates back to about 5,000 years ago to the Sumerians in Mesopotamia. Archaeologists dug up ceramic objects from that era that appeared to be still sticky with beer residue. During that time, beer was a cornerstone of the Sumerian diet and was actually often a safer alternative to water from the nearby contaminated rivers. Beer consumption and the process of making it has obviously changed significantly since then. There are over 10,000 breweries around the world all utilizing similar ingredients. A huge difference maker is the yeast or the bacteria that's used in the fermentation process. For example, the wild bacteria in yeast is what's used in sour beers. Ales are top fermenting beers. A lager is a bottom fermenting beer. So depending on the type of yeast, it ferments differently depending on the beer. So how did our world's beer culture come to be? And how is beer different around the world? Here to talk me through all of this is the widely recognized authority on all things beer, a skill that I personally wish I had, author of The Beer Bible, Jeff Allworth. Jeff, cheers to you for coming on. Thanks so much. Oh, thank you for having me. And, you know, be careful about that. There's a lot of hard work involved in beer writing. A ton of hard work. I know I'm looking at your second edition right now, and it looks like it's about a thousand pages. Let's see, six, 640. That's amazing, because I know this is you already wrote one and this is your, your second. Yeah, I have written a lot about beer um, and, <laughs> and it's actually not that it, we, there is some hard work involved, but there are also some nice perks. It's not terrible. Well, I hope you're doing this podcast with a beer in your hand as we speak. You have a long day. <laughs> I, yeah, I have a long day and I'm out here on the West Coast. It's a little bit earlier, so I, I'm, I'm still on my coffee uh, flight. All right. That's good. And I, I, I like it. Um, maybe since I'm on the East Coast, maybe I'll have a beer after our podcast. Um, there you go. So look, I know, uh, you know, we look back. OK, Jesus turned water into wine, right? But who turned grains into beer? Where did beer come from? And when did we first start seeing this being brewed? That's a great question. And I think the answer is going to continue to evolve because it's so ancient that it it, it way predates the written word and it actually predates civilization. Really? Uh, we're, we're, we're discovering now that you know, uh, there's a site in what's modern day Turkey that goes back 12,000 years uh, where people brewed beer or, or kind of an early proto version of beer. And that's, you know, thousands of years before Egypt. So uh-huh. uh, we, we may keep finding older and older places. However, people grew grains and that's corn, rice, uh, you know, of course, barley and wheat. 
they made beer and and uh, it's it's one of the most ancient human activities. All right. So you um, you mentioned some of those materials. You have the grain, you have the wheat. I realize we're not on a brewery tour right now, but can you just take me through the process of how beer is made? Yeah, I can. It's it's a uh, fairly easy, although there are a lot of ways to change it up. But basically what what it starts with is the malt, which is the you start by germinating the grain to convert the starches. What does uh, germinating the, the grain mean? Sorry to interrupt. That's all right. It's it's when the seed, the uh, grain is a seed. And when it wakes up to start sprouting, the inside of the seed, all those starches begin to turn into sugar. So the plants can feed on that as it grows. Uh, so you stop that process once that conversion happens, and that's malt. Once you have malt, then you can crush it and add water and draw off all those sugars. And that mm. creates a thing called wort, which is the stuff that you then ferment. You add yeast to that and ferment that, and then you have beer. And if you boil it and add hops along the way, you can flavor it with the, the flavor and aromas of hops. It's a pretty simple process, one we obviously figured out a long time ago, uh, <laughs> but there are a million permutations in the way you approach it, depending on what kind of beer you're trying to make. You say that we we add the hops, and I know that some beers are hoppier than others. You know, you talk about IPAs, things like that. Where do hops come from? How do you make those? And are there different types of hop? I assume yes. Yes, there are. You're you're exactly right. Hops uh, are a vine, or actually, in technical term, a bine uh, that grow wild. Uh, they've been documented back as far as Pliny the Elder in ancient Greece. He uh, documented them growing, but he didn't know about putting them in hops. That would come about a thousand years later, or, or in beer, that would come about a thousand years later. And America, or, uh, monks really were the first ones to figure out how to put them in beer, and they learned that it preserved the beer, and that became a really important part of, of brewing because the Hanseatic League cities of Germany were making hopped beer, took it from the monks and were making hot beer and it would it would last longer. They could ship it around uh, North Germany and, you know, up into Scandinavia and around and it would last longer than the local beer. And so all of a sudden really? people are like, well, this is really important. We should start putting hops in our beer to preserve it. And so for the last thousand years or so, people have used hops uh, in the beer. And you were right. They are, there's all different kinds of varieties. It's a very terroir sensitive hop. So even if you have the same variety that, you know, maybe it comes from England or Germany and you try to grow it in the United States, it tastes different. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, it's a, it's a really interesting ingredient. I've got a question to ask you, but first we've got to step aside for a quick break. From the Fox News Podcasts Network, subscribe and listen to the Trey Gowdy Podcast. Former federal prosecutor and four-term U.S. congressman from South Carolina brings you a one-of-a-kind podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. I love to explore that more, just what makes different beer taste different. You have the hops. I'm sure you have the brewing process. But what differentiates one beer from the next? Like, I know I love a Hefeweizen. I know I like hazy IPAs, both of which are completely different. So can you just take me through some of, you know, some of that? Yeah. So those two, those are, I'm glad you used those styles because those are both hazy beers and they're both made with the same four ingredients, but they're radically different, as you say. And most of that has less to do with the ingredients themselves 
themselves than the technique of brewing. And beer in this way is much more like cuisine than it is like wine to which it's often compared because wine, it just expresses the ingredient, the grape kind of directly. Whereas with different ingredients that you use in hot in a beer prepared differently, it's much more like cuisine. You know, if you think of a France and Germany, they have the same vegetables and, uh, you know, the same farm animals that they make food out of. And yet the cuisines are radically different. They're expressed in a different way through those cultures. And beer is just the same way. You used Hefeweizen, which is a German style, and Hazy IPA, which is an American style. So brewers think about beer differently and they make beer differently just through process in the brew house. Yeah, I recently did a little bar hopping, a brewery hopping rather, in Brooklyn. And it was interesting to see how the new breweries um, made their beers as opposed to ones that have been more established for quite some time. So, you know, I love to talk about trends. It seems like food and beverages are always trying to reinvent themselves. So in your opinion, are there any new trends in beers? Where are things headed? The biggest, easily the biggest trend in beer is one that started here in the United States. It's the the hazy IPAs that you mentioned. It's the IPA in in general, that category of of Mm. brewing that comes from the United States. If you look at that hazy IPA, you know, you're cruising around uh, Brooklyn and maybe you stop into the other half or freeze or something. You have one of those. Did them both. uh, (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. Uh, You have one of those hazy IPAs. That beer, those the flavors you have in that beer will be unlike any in the 12,000 year history history of brewing that we've had, or even the thousand year history of hops. And it's because our local hops here have been bred in a, in a kind of a weird way uh, so that they're especially strong and expressive. But brewers in America learned how to brew with them so that they didn't extract the bitterness, which is typically what you want from the hop, but instead mm-hmm. the flavors and aromas. So those beers that you're talking about will often taste much more like fruit juice. You know, they're very fruity, very tropical. Probably why I like them. <laughs> yeah. That is all technique. Brewers in the United States figured out how to make them that way. And it has really transformed the way we drink beer here in the United States, but not just the United States. Brewers in every corner of the planet now are making beer using those same techniques, oftentimes uh, making American IPAs just the same way. Oh, see, I was going to ask you that because I'm wondering if American craft beer has transformed beer culture across the world at all. So you just, you answer my question. Because also we think of Germany, we think of Oktoberfest, things like that. So it's interesting to know that we also are having an imprint on the beer culture across the world. You know, are there any benefits of beer? I need to make myself feel a little better about drinking it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, (laughs) uh, yeah, you know, there are some health benefits. I think actually the fact that it's a relaxing uh, beverage is good because we're stressed out all the time, especially during COVID and stress is really hard on the body. I think there's some nutritional benefits as well. We've documented those, but I, I would really point to the social benefit. I mean, this is a product that goes back 12,000 years, as I mentioned, and it's one that people always drink together. So it's a way for people to come together and enjoy each other's company. You might not be the same political stripe as somebody else, but if you're in a pub together and you're talking about beer, you're actually, you know, having a nice communal experience with them in a way that could really be quite healing, I think, in the world. So I I, I wish people would, uh, you know, put down their Twitter feed and pick up a beer and, and enjoy each other's company. I think the world might be a better place if we did more of that. I love that you said that, because when you think 
about togetherness. I picture just people sitting around a campfire with a cold beer, just chatting. And you're right. You can come from any background. You can have any political belief. You can have any religious belief. And beer is that unifying factor, even more so, I think, than wine and then, you know, tequila and other alcoholic beverages just because it's so easy to drink and it just makes you happy. Um, And I love that people can immerse themselves in the culture of beer in that way. Jeff, I know that you have a busy day, so I'm going to wrap things up. But I do want to know from you, where is the best place to visit if you want to have a good beer? It could be any part in the in the world. It may be in our country, maybe the specific brewery. Well, uh, there are a lot of great places to go, and I uh, would certainly recommend the classics like uh, Belgium or Germany or the Czech Republic of the United Kingdom. But uh, in the second edition, I highlight a country that I think very few people would think of when they think about beer, and that's Lithuania. Uh, I went to Vilnius to try the beer there. And it turns out that Lithuania has this ancient farmhouse tradition, which has filtered up. uh, We usually think of beer culture as filtering down from the big companies. But in this case, uh, the farmhouse breweries make a a particular kind of beer in a particular way. So it's very malty, kind of sweet, uh, gentle. And even if you try one of the mass market lagers that the larger Lithuanian breweries make, they still have this flavor profile, uh, which is totally unique to the, the country. And we're really basically unaware of it here in the United States. So if you if you go to Vilnius, you get to try all these fascinating beers. Uh, and, you know, it's, it's something that you would never find in the United States. None of these beers are exported to uh, the U.S. So it's a it's a wonderful place. It's fun. You're kind of way off the beaten path. Uh, Vilnius is a nice old city. So I highly recommend that one. That sounds incredible. I might have to do that because my favorite thing is just going to those places that has all the taps on the wall and then you can just pour however many taps in or whatever kind of beer you want. Um, That's my jam. Uh, Jeff, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. You can check out Jeff's book now. Um, It's his second one, Second Beer Bible. It's the most comprehensive guide to the world of beer with everything you need to know about what to drink, where, when, and why. Jeff, thanks again and cheers to you. Thank you so much for having me. This was wonderful. missed anything from class these are my office hours and here are some top takeaways about the evolving culture of beer around the world number one the process of brewing beer is actually pretty simple in fact the art is ancient the first solid proof of beer production comes from the period of the sumerians around 4000 bce and that process continues to evolve today number two This one surprised me. I always thought Germany would be the place to get the best beer, but Jeff suggested Lithuania because they don't export to the United States, so you'll get some unique taste you've never had before. And number three, probably the most important takeaway that we've ever had on this podcast, there are some benefits to beer. Along with the benefits Jeff mentioned, beer also helps with kidney stone prevention since it contains high levels of potassium. It helps with your heart health. Beer can raise levels of HDL, which is the good cholesterol your body needs. You get vitamin B, gut health, everything. Not to mention, beer obviously brings people together, the best one of them all. All right, thanks so much for listening to this episode on beer. I hope you enjoyed a cold one while listening. For more podcasts, you can go to foxnewspodcast.com. And don't forget to subscribe to this one on Apple podcasts spotify or wherever you listen and leave us a review this has been getting schooled with abby hornacek on the fox news podcast network class dismissed 
It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox.